0: Fire. Welcome back to It Now. I'm your host, Jeff Seris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs to reveal the unexpected paths to where they are today. Today is a very special episode. I loved this conversation. It's with Trevor Van Meter, who is known as HeyTVM. He created the Na Fungible Bones project, but I really wanted to talk to him about philosophy and positivity and living a life, uh, I guess, worth leading like for us, for who we are and who we want to be. It is a fascinating conversation. I love sort of philosophical discussions like this. So why don't we just dive right in without further ado, my conversation with Trevor from Na Fungible Bones. I think it was that event. Where as soon as I heard you talking and just sort of your outlook on life, I believe it was that one. It was one of the spaces, but I, I believe it was that one. Um, I was just like, I need to talk to him. Just, I talk love your head. perspective on uh, sort of your philosophy of life. It's so uh, uplifting. I really like it.
1: I appreciate it. You know, some days it's hard to maintain <laughs> for sure. Um, and that's the struggle. That's the that's the human struggle, right? Uh-huh. Of like, you know... Uh, fighting um, to constantly maintain your best self over your less self or realize when your less self is driving so that you can push that less self out as soon as possible. Right. So you can't, you can't, you cannot eject that less self completely. You just can be aware of it. So yes.
0: Yeah. I kind of want to unpack that. i like that best self versus less self. So uh, like, I guess, how do you look at that specifically?
1: Um, so, so I'm assuming we're just, we're jumping in and starting. Right? Yeah. Like, I just
0: start yeah. recording from the beginning. Okay. I chop it in somewhere, but yeah, that's it's what just,
1: that's what I, I, I play it loose and, you know, that's how our vibe of start and everything is just like, <laughs> go, let's go for it. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for me, you know, the whole best self, less self, I think we all have degrees of this in our person. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, and, and I've been trying to, because I'm a visual person, I try to take these concepts and these philosophies a lot of time turned into visuals. But the the way I think of it is you have one captain and two people who who have the possibility to hold the wheel. Right. And sometimes they're both grabbing for the wheel. There's one wheel. Right. Um, So, uh, you know, it took me a very long time. And after being hurt uh, by just life and becoming jaded and having things not worked out, uh, the less self becomes bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and, and has a way of hijacking your perspective. And, um, the, the worst part about something like that happening is it, it happens in degrees and it happens over time. And, and then you don't realize that that is, is who you are, you know, the, the, the way you perceive things, the way you make choices, Ultimately is who you are. And, and that uh, once I realized that I wasn't who I wanted to be, I had become this person that I couldn't even recognize in terms of like what I set out to become and who I wanted to be. And here is, here I was being this other entity. It took mindfulness and practice to push that person that less self down and give it less power and empower the part that could seek the positive and, and honor the spark of like, for me in particular, of the things that made me want to become an artist.
0: Yeah. So when in your uh, life was that moment, that uh, (laughs) realization that you had these two parts that you needed to (laughs) sort of uh, improve upon?
1: It's ongoing, right? Uh You know, um, I would say I've I've had a number of perceived failures, right? And, you know, you can perceive things as failures or you can perceive them as life experience and learning experiences all that. Um, but I, but I think at the at um, after a few kind of just major falling outs of things that should have worked and and there was no reason they didn't work and I gave it everything I had and still came up completely like worst case scenario happening right where you know I'd worked, I started a game company and we, we worked our tails off and had funding and all this stuff and then just a couple of factors that were completely you know some were out of my control and then some things you you are in control of, but you make the best choices. I would say, anyway, after all of that kind of hit a worst case scenario, kind of bottomed out, had some trouble just trying to see the good in my life and things that ultimately were still the same. I was still capable, still working, still like hustling and trying to figure things out, but your perspective changes. And then, um, I remember listening to, <laughs> I was, I was seeking growth and trying to become better. And I think you have to seek it out. Um, and I came across a story. Uh, my, uh, the the It's called the magic story. Um, and it's about a man who owned, and this was like in the 1800s, maybe even earlier, owned a port. It burnt down. And then he went to debtor's jail and turn basically had this, person who was on track and making the most of his life. And then due to circumstances outside his control, turned into an alcoholic, uh, was put in debtor's jail, came out a completely different person. And then he started seeing himself walking around town and talking to the people he wanted to talk to and making deals with people he wanted to make deals with. And then one night he woke up and that figure shadowy figure was standing over him. And he's like, how can I be you? He's like, you can't possibly be um, your best self and your less self, as I call it, or you can't possibly be positive and negative at the same time. I can't enter your perspective unless you push that other self out. So it's kind of spoil-y, spoil-y. Uh, and I'm sure that the, the, if you go look up the um, magic story, it tells it much better, but, but it, it kind of like pulled the veil Over this idea that like, hey, you're not acting the way I know that you want to. And then at that moment, I was like, okay, it's time to get back to just changing my perspective. And the minute I did, and I kind of got back to the question of like, why am I an artist? Why am I an illustrator? Why am I doing any of this stuff? Um, I started kind of seeking answers to those questions. And it's, it's changed my life a lot, for sure. And, you know, it's, there's no magic bullet. It's a constant struggle and we're all kind of doing it. But I would say there is that. And then I started just um, I started an audible account and I started just, you know, every day listening to things that I connected with. It's not I think that's the thing with this, like I call it self-helper e-books. Right. Is that. um not all of it's going to, you're going to make a connection with, and there's some things I connect with more than others, but you can mine from all of it and, and take the pieces that make sense and might help you a little bit and put them into your own philosophies and your own way of executing some of those ideas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So around what year or maybe how old were you when you had this with the game company and sort of this, uh, this turning point? Well,
1: Well, the game company, you know, there's a series of things because I, I've, I've, Um, graduated school in 99, um, did freelance and started my own S-Corp all the way up until 2008, 2009, had a hard time during the financial, the great financial crisis or whatever, pushed through that, started getting, and through that time, I had a toy company as well that didn't quite work out, started the game company that was around uh, 2010, we started it, we had, we made games for NG Moco. We had publishing deals. And then, um, so that was like 2010 to about 2012 or so where we, we I mean, we were just working 17 hour days, like doing, doing your regular startup stuff. And I was like, this is it. This is my shot and went hard. So that was about the time it was, it was around then, but then I didn't really, I had a couple opportunities that also like had a, a series for Disney that got shelved during 2013, 14 time had a few other opportunities that seemed big and nothing really happened. Um, So it was probably around like 2015, where I was like, all right, I just need to start getting back to the root to, to like honor my spark is what I call it of like getting back to the root of why I decided to be an artist. So So around that time, and then around that time, I just started, I was studying um, ways to improve my mental fortitude and perspective, and then I also just got busy uh, working, working hard.
0: Yeah, so diving into that study, was was there like a particular inspiration even? Because I feel like that's a switch we need to, uh, how do I want to say this? It's it's a, like a moment we need to like recognize in ourselves, and it's not easy because we it's hard to know what we don't know or realize that we're at this point. Like, where right. were there maybe like uh, podcasters or Audible or audiobooks, or was there something that you can like pinpoint that really like like clicked it for you?
1: So, so you know, I think because I'm more on the creative side, more on the visual side. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of naturally prone to like, I don't know. It's hard to, to turn these questions into like visual investigations almost. Mm-hmm. So, so the question that I just kind of asked myself, and again, like I identify as, as I, I I've been moving it to artist, but I I've been identifying as an illustrator animator, but ultimately the, the goal here is to just create on your own terms Um for you and the people who care. Right. But the question that got me kind of to the core of it, and and I and I say, honor the spark, your spark, like the, the reason you want to do this and honor your quiet voice, which is always talking to you, but you can't hear because the rest of the world and now media and YouTube and Twitter, everything's screaming at you. So it's hard to get to the root of like that quiet voice that's telling you everything you need to do. Well that quiet voice told me to say, why like answer the question why did what was the moment where you decided you want to be an artist or you you know you you decided you want to be a writer you decide you want to be a lawyer or doctor what I mean we all have an answer for that question and I could draw a line directly to um Shel Silverstein where the sidewalk ends um and it's very it's kind of interesting because that that book and and these moments. And, you know, the other one is a little critter. Like I just remember looking at these images as a kid. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I want to do it. And then more specifically to Shel Silverstein, it wasn't so much about the drawing as much as it was about like the idea and, and the, the feeling that, that these poems and visuals kind of conveyed. And I was like, you know, that was, I remember looking at it and be like, I don't know what this is, but I want to do this. So I pulled everything back to that moment and started over because a lot of my other work is very polished and very vectory and very, I don't know, it's very much a departure from where I landed on this style that it doesn't have, it is a style, but it doesn't have, it, it, it doesn't have a lot of the, the uh, boxes checked of what I would normally call like good, (laughs) you know? I don't know, it's hard, it's kind of hard to explain. I I call it a disposable style and approach that I try to elevate. And I always find some very interesting things. And then I also, for a long period of time, I was a pixel artist. So I brought a lot of those principles into that style as well, that really work for it. But more importantly, I got back to like the heart of like why. Like, why do you want to do this? You know, why, why do you want to suffer this type of life? Right. Like, because being creative and living creative life is not, I'm, you know, I'm not sitting here saying, woe is me, but it's not easy. You know, and it, it takes constant, constant um, struggle and pursuit to like carve a life out of it as well. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah it's very so difficult. Was,
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's for some people. (laughs) people. I see other people. I'm like, well, they don't. They don't seem to have any any problem whatsoever. You know. See, that's uh, the
0: thing, though. I feel like you also know at the same time that that's not true. You know what I mean? Just based on all the little, the philosophical nuggets of things you've created and spoken about over the years, like you mentioned, just sort of failures and. You have the one where it's uh, the stair step of failing all the way up, and it's like right. I thought that was so on point. It's so like connecting it to Shell Silverstein and seeing that you saw sort of the the message there along with it, putting that all together really. It it really frames what you do in a beautiful way because that is it. That's what I really love about your stuff is it's all they're like little philosophical nuggets that are engaging visually. And, uh, yeah, just, I just love that approach. It feels so uniquely you.
1: And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I've always, I've tried to also get better at saying thank you. You know, I think a lot of crazy will, 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 will deflect and all that. And I mean, that's, that was my mode for the longest time, but I, I thank you. And as I work hard at that stuff. And I think, you know, like, for example, um, I think that was the, uh, the secret of success or the stairway to success was just, you know, stacking failures. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, the NFT stuff and, and, and the peril stuff is like the idea is to like, just make some kind of positive message, but make it cool. Right. Like it's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, nobody wants you to like point a finger, like, Hey, be positive. Right. You instantly, Like, you're like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I think most people have like that. So I think the goal with a lot of these things is to take cliches that become cliche for a good reason, because they're true, and turn them sideways so that you think of them in a new way, right? So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and telling someone to be positive versus being positive, because that's something that right away I recognized in you is like, you are a very positive person. It's there's, there's something about you that like, uh, I feel like you you raise the energy in the room in a great way, which I love.
1: I appreciate it. But again, it's, it's a, it's a struggle. Like I think that's our default mode. Um, And importantly, like when we're interacting with people, but I think, you know, kind of the, the dangerous thing for creatives is and living a creative life is that you're you're in, you're sitting at your desk and then um, there's an interesting book called a will to fail, Um, that we all kind of have and when you're sitting by yourself and you're not keeping that stuff in check my personal vice is is like frustration like I get frustrated that I'm not more effective that I'm not reaching enough people that I'm not this or that or whatever and then you stew on it and then and then on top of it you have so many distractions that like you're not really focused on like what's going right so so for me, it's easy to be positive one-on-one or in a group of people. I love that. I think it feels good. But the reality is a lot of times we're not working with other people. And again, like probably more specifically to creatives who are in the dungeon and <laughs> getting to where you get your world gets very small. So um, it's something that I, I struggle with personally is taking, um, taking some inventory of what's actually like, what's actually good. And, yeah and taking the time to be with people as well so you know, <laughs> we're all busy
0: <laughs> how do you take that inventory i mean i know it's a very like i know it's not like a cookie cutter answer but i am curious if you have any sort of techniques or anything
1: um i i feel like you know it's it's the it's the pyramid of you know the the three things you can focus on uh at your base you need your health so uh, i exercise four trying to push it to five times a week. If I can, um, I, I think your body and then your, um, your mind, your mindset would be the center sliver. And then the top is, you know, your purpose, your, 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 um, reason for doing the things that you're doing. And and, and I think the two, the top two are very related, but they're not the, they're not the same. Cause like keeping your mindset is, is one thing, but having a North star or, um, you know uh an objective and goals and purpose and feeling like you're put here to do that thing this usually is how I can personally kind of reset and get back to work a lot of times and then you know uh my family it's huge 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 part of my life and you know a lot of a lot of um it's so interesting because a lot of things I could do 10 years ago I can't do today you know the balance find Like, uh, seeking balance and remaining chill is one of my favorite sayings. It's like, it's tough. And I think as, as young people go on in life, you'll just find that, you know, the only guarantee is change. And the more you can kind of check, check with those three pillars, um, you know, family is a big part of my purpose. Right. And that's a big p- part of the reason why I work. So I just, I, but they're always changing. It's always changing. It, it's so strange. So I don't know. I just think it's, it's taking the time to get quiet, um, taking the time to think, taking the time to get organized, um, but then also doing the work. These are all, all parts of the same, (laughs) of the same solution, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It all fits together. And would you say, so the change, I love how you said that, that just change is constant. It's just what we need to be comfortable with it and understand that things aren't the way that they should be the things are and it's it's sort of like nothing is good or bad only thinking makes it so sort of like that approach like knowing like things will change it isn't necessarily a bad thing this is how it is how am i going to look at it how am i going to approach whatever this is and i think it's such a valuable um perspective to take i think
1: that's the danger too of you know and, and I got kind of stuck in this as you start saying, well, it changed in the past and it changed for the worse, which means the future change is going to be bad mm-hmm. because that's the script that, you know, and I knew it so well. Right. Um, but but the truth is, if you're not kind of like keeping a handle on it, I um, mean, you know, they, they've done so many studies of, of this idea. You walk in a room and tell everybody, look for something red. Now, tell me where there's something yellow. Why well, wasn't looking for yellow? Well, that's why you didn't see yellow. A closed mind can, cannot catch the way a, a you know, a hand that's open can catch, right? So having an open mind to understand that you are enough to to um, take on any emergency that may arise in your life and just not be afraid and say, let's roll. let's I'm ready because I know something's coming, something's always coming. And, and just kind of knowing that, that you're enough in that situation is usually like, it kind of alleviates some of the fear and usually running towards your problems always have a way of, or running towards change and like forcing, um, forcing your mind to be like frosty and ready. Like, you know, there's, it's uh, kind of back to that. I wish I need to, I should probably look it up, but the, um, the will to fail, um, in that book, one of her recommendations was to have every every month have a deck of cards where you could pull one that would make you do something that would break your comfort zone. Like I'm gonna get on a bus and I'm gonna ride it and I'm gonna get off somewhere where I have no money, no plan, and then I'm gonna get home, right? Like putting yourself in a situation and realizing whatever you're afraid of or whatever you feel like is stopping you is probably so incredibly small compared to like other things that could happen to you in your life. And even if they are big things, you can still overcome them um, and be completely resilient and wonderful and get a thrill from doing it and probably learn something along the way as well. So yeah, there's so a yeah, satisfaction it, to it, right.
0: like the thrill, like you accomplished something because sort of like stasis, just having everything in perfect balance. It's boring. Like it's not it's not how we're like meant to be wired, but it's what we strive for, you know,
1: but it, but it is like we are wired to seek comfort. Yeah. You know, we mm-hmm. are wired to like avoid conflict, avoid discomfort, avoid all those things because you know it's the lizard, it's the whole lizard brain, right? Mm-hmm. And I I, you know, I worry for my kids because I call them like the wet wipe generation. You know, they've had <laughs> everything is just your tushy's gonna be fine and soft and pre- it's like, <laughs> no, man, that's not the way. Like we grew up and we went through the grinder. You know, you didn't, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't so I'm probably a little bit more resilient because i'm um a crusty old boomer <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not i'm not a boomer um but somebody who is younger said anybody over 20 is a boomer <laughs> yeah
0: right. that's so silly just in <laughs> nft specifically people are like right everyone's 20 right. and i'm like
1: no <laughs> yeah i i got the biggest kick i thought it was funny because i mean i am I'm, I'm up there right but i feel like being an 80s kid mm-hmm. uh made me tough because mm-hmm. i was a latchkey kid you're just kind of like, good luck, I'll see you at six, you know, <laughs> and yeah. then you just hopefully survived, right? I can, for my kids, I can't even imagine that life for them They they would not be prepared. So mm-hmm. I think this, I just think this is one of the things that like, you can set out solutions to make put yourself in, you know, don't put yourself in uncomfortable situations necessarily, but challenge yourself, you know, and challenge. The, and, and more importantly, like challenge the things that you feel like are holding you back. And, and like, for the most part, if if you would just sit down and make a list of like, okay, let me, let me make a list of, of um, the problems or the things, the obstacles. Right. And then you scratch out the top of the list instead of, you know, obstacles, it's a to-do list. Mm-hmm. You just made a to-do list, knock those things out. And it, and most of the time, if you break them down to individual things, it's it's quite easy uh-huh. to knock some of those things out. So yeah. So, yeah
0: that makes me think about Ryan holiday's book the obstacle is the way have you read that yes, one Yes,
1: that's, that's, I haven't read it but that's a stoic yeah uh, saying. uh-huh so, yeah it, yeah it comes from the daily stoic uh-huh. is that uh, yeah. yeah okay if so stoicism stoicism is awesome mm-hmm. it's also it's quite brutal and quite honest and some I think for some of us it's the edges might be a little sharp uh, <laughs> in terms of like yeah it's true but I don't like it <laughs> so it's like, you know it, the truth uh, hurts right you know it's like the. Mm-hmm. the it, so I, I, I like softer possibly even more spiritual ways to think about things um, but I love stoicism and I love the fact that like in every problem lies the answer you know mm-hmm. and it's true it's true
0: absolutely so that softer spiritual kind of approach do you do you have a definition of what that is
1: um I, again that's kind of back to like what do you connect with mm-hmm. right you know know yourself Know like if, if you're hardcore and you can be a stoic that's awesome man <laughs> um but i just know that like you know the that even though like you know like my collections based on skeletons and like all you know it's like all these things there's a softer side of me that just uh uh you know, like most people just kind of seek out something that feels a little better. So I, so I just, I just think that just comes down to like personal preference, yeah. like what you connect with. Yeah. So there isn't um, a
0: particular like philosophy or spirituality you connect with uh, specifically.
1: Um, no, I mean, uh, I, I really like new thought. Um, Neville Goddard in particular is one of my absolute favorites. I've made a lot of connections with that. Um, you know, a traditional Christian might find it deeply offensive possibly but <laughs> it, it's the idea that um uh let's <laughs> see i don't i don't have to be you have to be careful because like i don't I, I i i like it i connect with it and the idea is that um this thing we label as god is simply imagination um and you basically become what you think about and all this all this other stuff that that the the fables of of the bible are um this idea that the most powerful thing in your universe is I am I am and putting I am in front of whatever you want to be and stating it and believing it and belief becomes the most powerful force period full stop so um that's what I connect to I like it but I'm also not like you know I I it, it's just it gets complicated once you start talking about spirituality because we all have like degrees of things, but I I don't know. That's the one that I connected with a little bit more than like say stoicism.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally like that makes perfect sense to me. Do you when you say spirituality, are you thinking sort of like in the religion sense? Because I don't know, there's sort of the uh the two sides of it, like spiritual versus religious spiritual. Cause like I don't really have the religious side at all. Like I'm much more like I'm really interested in the philosophies of life and things that are all about um, improving ourselves and doing our best towards and for others, you know? So I'm just curious where you lie on that.
1: Um, You know, it's kind of, I have an interesting answer maybe, (laughs) but to me the answer is like, I don't need to put a definition. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need, you know, I think that's one of the issues is that like (laughs) our ability to communicate and understand is so it varies so much between like person and person. And a lot of this comes down to like vocabulary, for example, it's like, uh, t- uh, if you're bi- so this is one example, if your business is on the rocks in the U S for example, that means it's in trouble. Right. But in the East, um, a business that's built on the rocks says this is a solid foundation. Right. So there's a lot of things that get lost in translation. And, and one of the ideas in, in, neville goddard's work is that um there's been a misunderstanding that these stories are not literal they're uh philosophical stories that for example the idea of sacrifice and <laughs> this is this gets, I, I, again i don't want to like get too too crazy but like i mean i'm good going
0: that, as far as you want because i just okay, love this stuff
1: you get dicey because people have some hardcore beliefs when it yeah. comes to this and and for me, for it to be functional, I just don't have to have it defined. And I don't have to say, well, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I know is like, things change, your perspective change. Anybody who's dealing in absolutes is probably um, going to have trouble, right? So I try to keep an open mind. But like, you know, for example, this idea in, of like Jesus and Christianity. Well, if you wanted to flip it on his head and, and, and take a different perspective on it. You basically have to sacrifice um, what you are today, put that to death and be reborn a little better tomorrow. And the message in there is that's how you constantly improve. Now, is, is that <laughs> is that what the takeaway is supposed to be? Probably not for most people, Mm -hmm. but, but that's, but this is what I I found most interesting about it is like, you know, there's just a lot of things that I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense that like, if I want to improve and be better tomorrow, I've got to give up what was holding me back today, kill, (laughs) sacrifice that and be reborn tomorrow. And then ultimately this idea of a cross, and this is one that I came up, I arrived at my own but while listening to this is like the idea of a cross, for example. Well, it's a loaded image and all that. But like maybe the message was lost that if 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 you're pushing every day to get above like eighty-five percent, and you operate every day like that, you're gonna succeed, right? So this should be your daily meter. It's almost like a meter that you push up and you say, "All right, today I'm gonna push it." It doesn't have to be hundred percent. That's tough to maintain, but you could push. To, to 80, 85% every day and change your life and change who you are and put to rest the person who was. So that so, is so this very
0: is, fascinating. I have, I have not encountered that specifically like at all, even remotely. And like, I really, I like the thought of that. The, the symbolism of that is amazing.
1: I arrived at that one myself, but mm-hmm. like it came from listening to this and sparking ideas. And then again, you spark ideas, you grasp onto what you connect with. And then I feel like you develop your own philosophies. And I try to do that again, visual, like visually. I'm a visual thinker. So I always try to put a visual to it. So, so yeah. So, I mean, you've heard this, you've heard this before. It's like you stitched it, to, stitched together. If every day is some kind of a success, and you stitch together those days, your life will be a success. It's it's math. math, it's math almost, right? Uh-huh. Um, but anytime, me personally, if I can come up with a concept that, like, like you have a little breakthrough and you're like, oh wow, I should try that. That's 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 what I feel like I was put here to do. Uh-huh.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah, I really love that. And sort of, you're sort of describing. Well, maybe I like to look at like opinions, like strong opinions, loosely held. Like I want to find sort of the edges of what I believe and see like, oh, is there something different? I know when it comes to like um, religion and things like that, it's a lot harder to have those conversations for some people because there's certain, a certain set of beliefs. But I think there's such value in pushing those boundaries for ourselves because the more uh, the more we hold on to what we believe, the... The more rigid we are in where we can go and what what we can become in this like limited time we have on the planet.
1: But you just described rigor mortis, right? You know, so if you think about how muscles grow when you work out, you tear them a little bit, which means pushing past your boundaries. And then you get stronger because of it. Your mind is no different. Your mind is actually exactly like that, I feel like, because you know, this this is, you know, I think about it often of like how you know, how can you continue to grow and get better? And the only way is to like challenge yourself to push yourself and grow past what you are today. This is how, you know, everything in nature, this is how it works. This is how um, roots grow, you know, Mm -hmm. You, you know, inside of you is a seed and also inside of you is an oak, right? But you haven't become that. Yeah, You haven't grown to that. You know, if you think about like, and a lot of this comes back to like, we're, first of all, what kind of seed are you, right? What kind of seed are you? Because if you don't know that, and you're trying to grow into oak, and you're really uh, a cactus, I don't know, right? <laughs> it's like, you might be also growing towards the wrong thing. So like, I don't know, just, but just in general, if seeds quit, uh, they don't grow into what they're meant to be come, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, this is the same thing for your mind is that if you if if you're happy right where you are you're going to stay right where you are. And and the truth the kind of hard truth is a lot of us are happy right where we are and a lot of us aren't willing to do what it takes to grow past.
0: And would you water. say happy or content?
1: Uh I th- this is a tough one because I've been degrees of happy and I've been degrees of content. Um you know, like I said, my vice is frustration, which I believe comes from dissatisfaction. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, and, and I don't I've you know, I've, I've talked one of my um, favorite teachers, uh, of course, an art teacher was uh, his name's Bob Rankin. He's an artist out of Raleigh. He's fantastic. And I talked to him the other week. And and it, I don't know, like that dude's happy. <laughs> that dude, like you, you, nothing you could say would sh- he wouldn't get shook a little bit. And then I could catch in my voice that like, and, and describing to him like my experience with what, where I am versus where I would like to be is dissatisfaction. Right. So, so I feel like that's, that's kind of the thing that lands on all of our, our laps is like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I've talked to people who are completely totally happy where they are. I will. I don't know if I'll ever, be, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be satisfied, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a greedy thing. It's just more like, can you operate your life exactly the way that you want it? Right. And I think one of the traps that I've fallen into personally is this idea that being a workaholic will achieve that. So without my work, I almost don't even know who I am anymore. Right. And You're that's describing far, me. Right. Like but that's I think, exactly the think, same. I feel like that's, that's most people these days, because we find kind of find ourselves in this hustlers mentality. It's like, if you're not grinding, you're not, you're not right. Mm-hmm. But, but at the same time, and, and this, I, this whole past year, I know everybody, I just watched a video. I was like, dang it. Uh it was uh, everybody at NFT space. Like this, this web three stuff has flipped my whole world upside down. And it's absolutely true for me mm-hmm. because before this, um, and like most creatives, you're trying to figure out how you're going to piece together a living, right? Which usually results in either selling something or trading time for money. And that's and that's how most of us are, are trained and understand how to do things. Well, I've been training to be a digital artist my entire life. And the, and I would be willing to like put my name right next to anybody in this industry and say, if there's anybody that's built for this, it was me. Because I don't know, like, what called me to make, like, for example, those animations. Um, but what, what's, what's, um, what's the made back on that? There, what, there was not. I just felt obligated to do it. Well, I think NFTs kind of came along and answered, answered the other part of that story, which is, okay, you're a digital artist, and now people can actually find value in something that is inherently disposable. Again, we're kind of back to this idea of what's disposable. It's like, I just download it, right right click, save, right? Well, that's kind of the problem. And it's been the problem this whole time, except now what we have is an immutable um, proof that you own something and the physical item might be the thing that becomes less valuable yeah. than the digitally certified thing. Mm-hmm. So so i'm i'm all in <laughs> uh-huh well and these I'm
0: animations like you were saying there wasn't an roi necessarily on doing them and you had been doing them for a long time and it was like maybe how many years do you think you were doing it's the stuff? 2015 I yes started, so was I was
1: like, I don't, i'm i just gonna make i'm gonna make i started i was making one a day mm. i was i was like hardcore and then i was like i got busy, you know you get busy and uh-huh. you get life goes on so i so um Again, I just made them to put a certain idea or vibe out there, without any real expectation of like getting anything back from it. And then the the other thing that came along was was like uh, I say giffy jiffy, um, and then you know sharing stickers and experiences through Instagram or Snapchat or any of those. Well, I was like, okay, this is this could be it, right? Well, I had like I had like three billion impressions, like with a B, like <laughs> yeah. And no ROI on it, right? And, and on top of it, they would kind of block anything that you put your name on, too. So, like, there was no way for people to find their way back to me. But everybody used it uh-huh. to express themselves. What is more powerful than that? I don't, you know, you listen to a song to experience a feeling. And then you use artists' work to express an emotion. Yet there's no, there's no, there's no, like, hey, thanks for that. It's it's disposable and I believe that has an enormous value that is hard to crack like mm-hmm. what. Yeah, it does. But like, just I'm not going to pay for it. Right. That's that's <laughs> that's the mentality. So I think NFTs in general, like solve some of these things and, and, and give me the ability to like focus on the parts that I love. I think that's the other thing is like um, for the past four years, I started I had a store. I had a a, 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 a in like a shop. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. However, I was also working full-time while I was doing it. So basically, imagine somebody coming into your office every, you know, every couple hours and then talking to you for 30 minutes each, each, you know, each stop, because it's such a small store. You couldn't just say, hey, have a look around because they're, <laughs> they're right there. Like you so said, you always had to like talk to make it, make connections. And um, I had, I had a bike accident in July of of 21, where I had like a broken sternum, a collapsed lung and a concussion. Well, in that moment, two things happened. One that I kind of knew, but didn't acknowledge was that it just didn't work without me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it didn't do quite enough to justify trying to scale it, which I was trying to do for three years. And then the other thing was, was again, kind of getting back to the pillars of your life and your family. I was trading nights and weekends and and trying my best to make it get it to that point where it could tip and be a little more self-sustaining. I woke up from that accident and I didn't want to do it anymore. So what do you do? What do you do in that moment? I was like, I need to be with my kids. And I and I don't know, it's it's very, very odd. But at the same time, while all that's happening, I'm 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 already seeing the writing on the wall because I've started investigating heavily in, into like, what is an NFT and how can I become involved? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, my life was, was flipped. Like NFTs have flipped my life into this place where I don't, I don't know, like it, 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 things shift and more change is coming. But for, as far as I'm concerned, this is like one of the best changes that could have happened for me.
0: Yeah. And so you were working full-time. Was that for someone or for your own uh, agency? When so you I were, have uh,
1: where, basically, I'm a hitman for agencies, yeah. right? Like I have a, a handful of people who I would do work for, mm-hmm. and in particular, work for um, uh, a company and a good friend, uh, Phil, who owns Upper Quad, and they did work with Google. Um, and I would uh, the the one project that was kind of a constant through the past uh, seven years was Santa Tracker, and I did a ton, a ton, a ton of work on that. Um, And then, you know, and then anything else that would come across my desk, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't have a choice. I got to do it. Because most of the freelance life is basically while you're working on your job, right? Like while you're doing it, you got to be thinking about how you're going to get and what's the next job. Because in particular to illustration, um, a lot of the times it's so specific that you do the job and they're like, thanks that's all we need of that. Like uh-huh. it's not reoccurring. You did the job. See you later. Now you got to go find somebody else who needs the same thing, but a different person. So uh, it's, it, that's where it varies a little bit from like design or like back end stuff like that. So um, so yeah, so I've, I've been doing a ton, a ton of freelance stuff. Some stuff I don't post about because, you know, it's pay the bills work and then some stuff I'm very proud of. Um, but then we're always back to like, well, it's not mine, uh-huh. you know, the truth, the truth is I could, I could die tomorrow and they'll find somebody else. <laughs> so that's, you know, it, it, it just goes to show that like as much as we all want to, to say that we're so important, you're, everybody's replaceable. You know, I, I would like to think I'm not right. But I think once you find your perfect expression, maybe you aren't replaceable. And if it is for you and, and the thing that you're making is, something you consider important and you can get other people on that boat, then, then it becomes a whole different story.
0: Yeah. There's so. something about leaving our mark on the world and just humanity in some way that like it doesn't have to be grandiose. It could be just the four people closest to you, but there's something there is something real that it's hard because like what we do is like brand development and like web design and things. So we're always behind right. the scenes and, right. Like I've run into that so many times where it's like this is awesome, I feel good about it, I feel proud of it, but it's not mine like we really we yeah, did this for them, right. and we helped, and it's awesome, like where like it's something to be proud of, but at the same time, there isn't that like that little added piece of like oh yeah i I put my my thumbprint on this and in a way
1: right, and that's you know that's it's kind of it's kind of the like <laughs> the same thing that can make that job so frustrating is I think in order, and I've always had this philosophy for better, for worse, is that in order for something to be good, you need to put a piece of yourself into it. You have to care about it. You have to want it to be good. And then it turns, you know, and then you put the work in and the effort in to make it good, which makes it very difficult because what happens when it comes back? and you're like, well, not that uh-huh. that sucks. <laughs> and what does do it again, right? So there's, a you know, like anytime I would do work, it would also be kind of an emotional state for me when it just didn't, you know, people are like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I put my heart into it. I don't care. It's, not, it's wrong. It's not right. And, and how do you not take that personal when you put a piece of yourself into it? So often I would have to go off, have a little pity party, come back, get back to work and, and do the work. And, and I think sometimes things are better. And then sometimes things become perfectly average when you have uh, too many people in, involved as well. Like that, the, what I say is that the the client, <laughs> I have a couple say as well. The client just loves to like knock the edges off of everything, right? Which makes it kind of boring, right? So um, not in every case. And 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 listen, I don't like bad nothing clients because I'm always have always been grateful to have work mm-hmm. and to be able to do the the job and. To, for them to select me to do it amazing but th- but there's just a prima donna in me that's always gonna bitch about it <laughs> to, to some level right i don't know i don't know no i don't and, know
0: what- and i think that's just it's just how we're wired it's just what it comes down to it's nothing specifically about you and it's not against the clients in any way it's really you're pouring your your heart and soul into something and it's then it's just hard to have someone critique your like a part of you
1: I think so. I think. And as you do it more, it becomes less and less, but there's always some degree of it where you're like, well, you're wrong, but okay. Let's, you know, it's (laughs) like the, because I I, I haven't done this for 20 years. Don't worry about it. You probably know what you're talking about,
0: right? Uh It's what you (laughs) want (laughs) to say.
1: Of course you don't say that. Well, I, you know, I, I've known creatives in the past that'll just, you know, you push back and you choose your battles. And from time to time I have said, you know, I hear what you're saying, but, but a lot of times, you know, you, you choose your battles in the sense of like, you're you're probably not doing the right work if you have to explain it every time, yeah. right? And and if and then if they get it, you didn't you. I don't think you did it well enough because if you have to explain it, especially with visuals, you should at a glance get what you're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Which you also have to combat with what people carry in as clients in particular. Well, my life like my wife likes green. And we just got blinds that are green. So can you put some green in there? It's mm-hmm. right. It's got nothing to do. Nothing to do with what you just made, <laughs> right? But you know, you choose your battles. You choose your battles for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what did it look like having a physical place? Because I don't mean like like visually, but for you, how was that uh maybe that first day even opening the door? Because that is the dream of sorts. Like having a place, having a like like we've always had this little dream of a little coffee shop and it's like by the beach in a VW bus kind of thing. And like just this thing And you have the, uh, the vision of what it will be, but then you have the reality of what it is. So like, how did those sort of come together?
1: (laughs) So you just described it perfectly because I mean, it's exactly that I had a dream. I started putting together ideas even before I knew I was going to do it. Started putting together a plan. I open, I opened the shop in Greenville because somebody just had extra space. And they're like, you can use the front if you want. I'm like all over it. Right. Like it was this great opportunity. And then you go to do it. And the, the minute, the day I, it was like a week after I opened my wife, we've been trying to move to Wilmington for years. Well, she got the job. She got the job that we. I was like, I don't know. We'll see if you get it, you know, and then we'll make decisions. So I had to close what I opened in Greenville, and then open it in Wilmington all over again. The good thing is like I learned a lot, learned what not to do in uh-huh. Greenville, and what I could do better in Wilmington. Um, and it was a four, like it was like a four hundred square foot store. Um, and it wasn't that big, but it was manageable. And I bought a, a DTG printer and I did I I had a supply, I had a place to do printing, I had a place to sell stuff, and then um you know, all these plans are laid down, but ultimately, like, like for the people who want to start something like that, you're not really starting with ideals, right? Like it's like, no, there was no ideal situation for me starting this because I didn't have the funds um, to really do it at a level. I didn't want to take out a $200,000 loan for something that was unproven. It's, I wanted it to prove itself a little bit. And then um, you, you, like for example, I fell in love with my store and did some research and, and had a strategy of like, well, they're opening a hotel right next to me. Well, everything was like on track and then COVID happened, for example. So like, so there's things that just kept happening that were making it harder and harder. And then, like you said, you you have this idea for a coffee shop. Wouldn't that be fun? Go work at a coffee shop <laughs> <Go> <laughs> uh-huh. first before you do anything. Go work at a coffee shop and tell me if it's fun, because the reality is like for a lot of these things that exist on a pedestal in our mind, once you get into day to day, um, I loved everything I put in the store. I loved talking to people. I loved almost everything about this, like the store. In one sense, but then you get start getting worn down by the day to day stuff, and especially if you're doing it like I did, everything by myself. Like I did, I was there. I was the one there, and then I tried to grow it where I could have somebody at least come in and help on the weekends. And I think this is what you have to do when you're starting any business. You gotta just, you got to tough it, tough it out, and make it happen um but but like in in 2019 i would have been telling you a whole different story i'm like now i <laughs> the amount i was able to grow in a year i thought was extraordinary mm-hmm. um with the idea that like okay i made it through year 1 it was it sucked it was hard but i made a ton of connections met a ton of people ton of friends and people who would come back right and then because Wilmington is somewhat seasonal. It's a, it's a a beach town, you know, Wrightsville beach is right down the street. Well, the people who may have found me that first year will be back the next year and bring their friends and family. And, and then I'll meet a whole new batch of people and they would come back the third year. Well, uh, 2020 happened and lockdowns happened, and the hotel closed. It was like, like all these things that started happening. It was like, it just got hard it just got really hard to the point where i was like why am i doing this myself when ultimately you know if if i ran the numbers i could just do my online store and and not have to sacrifice everything in terms of time with family and things like this to to make it work so i'm still trying to like recover from like shutting that down and moving it online and then trying to figure out how it matches with nfts again change 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 oh yeah um but like i don't think COVID helped <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's right. well then the other thing I, I was because i was the only person i didn't have any employees i didn't get PPP or any you know i didn't get any of that stuff so uh, and and on paper it was profitable um but i also didn't pay myself So it's, it's, it's tricky. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. And I don't know if I I went on a rant there. I don't know if I answered your question, but I I, I would just encourage people to like go for it, but also just know that like, without knowing I kind of built a prison for myself because I was always there. And then it started, it did start to affect my creative because you're constantly interrupted or you're constantly dealing with store stuff and not like for me, the part that was the juice that was worth the squeeze was being able to create things uh-huh. for the store. And then there's the other 80% of having it made, worrying about quality. D- during COVID I couldn't get I couldn't get like a black hoodie. You know it's like you couldn't mm. uh, get something I'm like that's going to hit. Let's go. Go back to get it at the supplier. I'm sorry, we don't have that anymore and it's not coming in for 9 months, you know. Just got old, got super old, so I'm restructuring. <laughs> restructuring <laughs> for right? sure.
0: Are you still doing like the direct to garment? Did you were you able to keep the printer and do the stuff for your online store? Or
1: I've I found an awesome partner, um, a guy named Justin who works at um uh micro print and they have a DTG sublimation. So I've been looking for partners because I don't I I enjoy the process of like making a thing, doing rapid application and like figuring out what works, being able to adjust colors and and things. And then be able to say, I've got a physical good right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. So I still have the printer, but it's it's uh <laughs> this was the other thing is I was driving. I was driving at the time we were staying at Riceville Beach. So I was driving from Riceville Beach all the way out to the airport, all the way downtown and then all the way back. It's like the trifecta of inconvenience like. 30 minutes, uh, which, which in Wilmington is like, you go anywhere, it's going to be 20 minutes. You could go down the street, 20 minutes somehow, (laughs) but like I was spending a lot of time on the road, just driving around like a madman. So I enjoyed it very much, but there's things that I could, I I will not miss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I would rather have somebody else deal with that stuff. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Offloading, uh, the things that aren't adding value to our lives is so important.
1: It's it's, but It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough. For for some things, because again, if you don't have the means, yeah. it's you. You're on the hook. You're the one. You're the one that's got to do it. Right. And I think that's, I think, again, this is why I encourage people like go work at a coffee shop and look, look like if you want to start a coffee shop, go work at one for six months. You can get, you can get a job at a coffee shop. No problem. Mm-hmm. Then you understand understanding that like it does require more people. I was doing the jobs of like <laughs> five people in one in one day. Um, and that's not always uh, something that would be easy to scale until you hit a certain point. And then you start finding people to delegate. Mm-hmm. That's why people are, they always have advice. They're like, Hey, why don't you just delegate? I'm like, to who? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's like, I need money to get the person. And then on top of that, finding talented people who are also disciplined, mm-hmm. like those two things usually don't meet. Yeah. In, in one person. So.
0: Yeah. And they're not going to be as invested in your company as you are. Just at, at the end of the day, it just isn't right. going to be that way.
1: And I can't blame them uh-huh. because when I had a job, I was like, man, I'm going to work on my stuff. Uh-huh. I, I would wake up at five in the morning when I was in New York and had my first job. I would wake up at five. I would spend my creative energy before 930 on my work and then they can have what's left over. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Is it right? I don't know maybe not but like it's i think it's human condition to to be focused on you and what you want right so it's all to me that's all more ammo to go do your thing
0: yeah for sure so and i love that you did um uh scavenger hunts and things to add fun because i know what fun is at the core of sort of how you look at life and i kind of wanted to ask about that as an adult how do you have fun Cause it's hard, right? Like it's, there aren't opportunities for just um, unstructured play and the things that we had when we were young.
1: I would say I don't, I don't, I don't get to have too much fun. I, again, like life is tough when you have two young kids and mm-hmm. like, that's, that's who I have fun with. It's like, we, we get to go out and do stuff. That's all I, that's all that I get to have fun. And then that's, you know, the rest is work and, um, I don't know. I guess that sounds kind of sad, but like I don't know. I'm so invested in my work and get satisfaction out of that. If if I can have a good day and and create something, that's fun. That's what's fun for me. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I and- connect
0: with that for sure because like I was. I would always say I don't know hobbies. I have businesses. It's not like businesses, right. but sort of like service-based things. I'm into photography. Then I start doing portraits and weddings. I'm into. Uh the paleo diet we start a platform around that, start speaking get get health coach sort of like all these different things crop up, and it's like I get the satisfaction from building like I right. want to make something that's tangible in the world not not physical it's usually digital right. based, but there's something there like I do find that fun
1: well not I, I think you know as you become an adult you're <laughs> you're, you're just time is limited, uh-huh. and if you're gonna make time for your kids, you're gonna make time for your life for me, it's like. My free time, like when I have an hour and a half in the morning, I go work out and I just count like it's something I should do. I enjoy it. I feel better after I do it. Is it fun? No, <laughs> I like it when it's done, right? Like when it's done. Yeah, I'm great. I, I feel like as you become an adult, some of these things take up your time that you would go normally, you know, do something. But we moved to Wilmington to live like a beach life. And, I've, and we've been here since 2018 2018. still haven't I would not consider myself living the beach life, right uh-huh. um, that's on that's on my objective it's to start spending more time and just carving off a day to go to the beach and, and things like that. but but you know this again like opening a store took time uh, starting t- two nFT projects in one week, uh, launching them the same week, have basically my whole past year has been has just been it's been focused on these projects so
0: yeah so what does it look like for you right now i know we're coming up on time i don't want to take too much more but um right now what is your sort of day-to-day look like and uh what you're looking at moving forward
1: Uh, right now like i like i'm split between um non-fungible bones and monster buds i've been working on both of those projects um and that it's just I'm, I'm doing my best to balance the both because I'm the only creative on both projects mm-hmm. and there's always like a mountain of things to do. So, um, so right now that's been like a hundred percent of my attention mm-hmm. um, with the objective here, probably, you know, I've been working on a new collection for NFBs um, that will be um. A little, operate a little bit differently, and be add value to the bone holders um, in a way that they can also kind of trade. I don't like. I don't know like how much you have gone into like NFT, like if you do deep dives on that stuff. But for bones, we I send um, art to the existing NFT Mm -hmm. and continue to update and add value to the things that people have already um, purchased. So it's a beautiful
0: uh, mechanism too, because I haven't seen that done much. And it's, it's very interesting because you're expanding, like they right. start with the one piece of art, the the animation, but then to expand that, to help have that expand over time is it's really unique. And I, I, I love it.
1: It's it's So we, we look at the NFBs like a vault, right? Mm. We just can keep adding gems into your vault and you don't have to do anything. Now, the, the one thing that's been interesting about it is that, um, people, they seem to love people who are paying attention, at least, and part of our community. And everything seem to love each piece, but also want to love each piece separately, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so it's like we have a way for you to pick what you display your NFT as, like on OpenSea, and you can name it and these type of things. But ultimately, because it's all one entity, um, it it created some unusual. Um, I want not say problems, but just. Uh, conditions so this is why the next collection is going to be separate so people can do you know they want to trade they want to sell they want to buy they want to do all kinds of stuff that you can do with nft they want to thrill the mint all of this so um, so i'm working on that collection um and then for the monster buzz it's a completely different project well that we're building we've been building a game since we started um and then i think the implications for um layer two consumable, um, in-game consumable cards and things like this, Mm -hmm. it will be the future. I think of, of NFTs, um, in, in particular, I think gaming is going to kind of lead the way because if, if I get a pack of cards, I can use those cards in the game. I can list them on the marketplace. I can combine those cards and make something new. These are all like amazing things that, that have been done, but haven't been done in a way that you own the value and decide how to, to issue those things. Mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> two very, very different project ones primarily art-based and then the other is, um, has a lot of verticals for, because it's a cannabis uh, uh, based project, mm-hmm. a lot of verticals for other branding opportunities, other partners. And then in particular, you know, if you think of the cannabis space where all these, these folks who are ultimately treated like criminals their whole life for doing the thing that they like Mm -hmm. um, have nothing in their space that I I feel like is a valid offering in terms of property. Um, And and, and I mean that on the IP yeah and and NFT, but like IP level where like Sony, Disney, like these guys couldn't touch uh, this space with a 10 foot pole and they can't do it for another 20 years probably, you know, it's like, uh, so we see a real opportunity to become something like uh, Smoky months. right? Uh, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's very interesting because I don't really partake; it's not really my thing. But I also don't judge, you know. Was, I think there's that's one thing. is like for some people it is medicine. For some people it is like the way they either cope or deal with this with um, issues, traumas, pains, all of this. So. Um, so we want to just bring something fun to that space as well so so so, so right now I'm kind of like got a, a foot in each each uh, each project uh, I'm trying not to get split in half <laughs>
0: <All> <laughs> yeah the, for uh, sure things. and yeah. is now fungible bones all you or is there a team there because there's definitely a team at monster buds
1: yeah there's so we have a, a pretty um, t- it's a tight team at, at buds um, and um, it's ultimately like uh, Greg and I are driving th- that project and I'm more on the creative visual and animation and then game design part of it. And then Greg is also on the game design part of it and then running, helping like run the day to day and then fi- locking down deals with partners and things like that. And then he has a very deep understanding of uh, web three for bones. Um, you know, we have a, uh, Grim and Davy, but they're very busy with <laughs> with the like uh, like I've, I've said in the past that, that NFBS was a kind of a cute project for them. They deal multi million dollar deals working for you know Fortune five hundred companies. So ultimately, it's I'm the one driving the ship and moving forward. Um, we'll be <laughs> continuing that, but but I've also aligned some partnerships um, with people who can help on other fronts. So, so so it kind of puts us in a um unusual position of like the the, the setup was make the project um so that I would be the one where, where the hooks on it's on me you know I'm the one doing the heavy lifting and i'm okay, I'm totally i'm i'm loving it because all I have to do is make the art and then they run their process on updating it so that's so so when we built the format it was built with this idea that I would be the one kind of pushing the project, uh, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have and then we have Rizzy, who is awesome and part of uh, helping run the NFB community. And um, I think we'd be dead in the water without him for sure.
0: Yeah, so. it's it's a lot that goes into all of it. And just one more thing, I just what does uh w- how are you looking at them from like a revenue perspective because that is the big question always, always and you already you did mention for uh the buds project like sort of partnerships and things and even uh, NFB, but yeah, how are you looking at that?
1: Well, isn't that the kind of trillion dollar question it really for is. everybody everybody right now. Um, you know, I, I th- it's very interesting because you know, when I came into this space so crazy how everyone seemed to have all the answers and if you did things a certain way you're doing it wrong because that's not how we do it bro Uh right (laughs) i think i think um the people who are sticking around and just trying to figure it out right now will be the ones i mean you you hope like that there'll be um a lot of room to grow and discover answers to to this right so you know one of one of the i don't want to call it handicap but like one of the things that that I think people forget about bones is that we, you know, we gave away half of them for free, like close, close to half because it was a free mint, Mm -hmm. you know, people could come and then they could add some to their bucket. So, you know, I don't have the exact number, but it was approximately half. were given away for free. The royalties kind of, you know, helped a little bit. Um, But at the same time, without volume, without trading, without a bunch of that stuff happening, that goes away pretty quickly. So for, for, for the NFB side, um, it'll you know it's a it's a bit of a question mark, right? Uh, but at the same time, as an artist, like I, this is where I'm gonna be trying some things and trying like the next collection. While um, I feel like Bone Holders will be able to feel like they got they got uh, a little bit of made back for for being part of the Bone Fam, um, but then I think there'll be a, another side similar to the first offering where hopefully it'll also generate some revenue. And then I'm also, I'm sitting on a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton so much art for Hey TVM that I, I plan on like continuing to release collections in a different way. Like I'm going to, we're going to have your traditional mint show up thrill of the mint. Uh, if you have, if you have a bone, you'll probably be able to grab one for free if not more. And then um and then if you don't, you could still show up at a certain time and and grab some and all be very reasonable priced. And then as I start dropping some art, I'll be trying out some one of ones, some open editions. Um, the the wave that that I have, let's see, I don't know. If it's well, I have I have a ton of here. I got a piece right here. I don't know if you, yeah, it's not going to blur. It. Oh right. yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. I got I have a ton of I have a ton of waves. Uh huh. And kind of like, we'll we'll make it a full circle here that um, my waves also have the characteristics of like a fingerprint and the idea and the concept behind these waves is that your vibes become your identity, right? And it's the truth that like your vibes, your perception, the waves you put out into the world, usually those are the vibrations that you get back and ultimately define what the way you see this world right so i have a ton of these pieces that that have very um i think a very unique take on something that everybody understands what a wave is and then done in my style has a lot of the things that i cherish which are contours very graphic in style Um, some have light treatments of color some have heavier treatments of color things like this that I'll be exploring with and releasing those as well. So nice. um, so that will help hopefully fund uh, us uh, and help us continue further. Yeah, for um, sure.
0: Yeah, it's always a big question mark just because it's like, okay, how... Like, are you doing client work now or uh, through the... I-
1: at the moment, no. I've done I've done a couple things where I had I had some overlapping obligations, um, yeah. but my my intention is to, like right now between the two projects, I don't know where I would find the time. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but like uh, the the intention is to make a full a full on commitment and run at making NFTs work. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. and and I think I can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Well, yeah. But, but then also like you know to to me. And again, this is maybe me being a crusty old boomer. I want to be able to figure out a way to bring back a way of offering an NFT and then a physical offering, whether it's a print or something else. So right now I'm working on something. I got to get past this next collection. I got to start doing some drops. And then I've got this idea that I'm formulating that will be um, a way to have NFTs and a physical offering that also brings people together at one place at one time to assemble something bigger. Nice. So yeah. I mean, I like
0: yeah. the sound of that. I I too think there's a huge opportunity and just like gap in the market for physical pieces. Like whenever sure. people have something tied to it, like buy this digital and there's actually the sketch that I did or whatever it is, I'm always just like, Oh, I really want that. There's there's something right. different about holding it in your hands. But also knowing, like, there is that invisible thread between the digital and this. Like, this is a package. I I have this and hold, like, own this together.
1: Right, and this is where I feel like the world is going to flip completely. Where it's like, okay, you could own an original Warhol, right? But they didn't have NFTs, right? So what if you owned a physical item? And I'm not calling myself Warhol (laughs) or anything like that. But I am saying, like. The physical item would almost become secondary, to, especially in terms of being a digital artist to the certifiable original version of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there's room here to really explore what does that mean and explore where do people hold value? I mean, there there's I don't know if you watched the documentary on the last Da Vinci. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it fascinating really crazy somebody basically thought they found a da vinci in their attic or whatever right no, couldn't prove it yeah. couldn't, couldn't prove it was a da vinci right um but it went down through the series and i don't want to spoil the movie it's very fascinating <laughs> but ultimately the the idea is like to this day even though it sold for 400 million dollars or something crazy 40 million 400 i don't know I, I get numbers mixed up now because we're talking trillions and billions and i don't <laughs> know it was a large amount for most common people um that it's still not certifiable that it's a real da Vinci and i think i think in the future the far future where we we can't fully understand the implications of it yet the fact that you can track something from moment of minting is incredibly powerful. Even if you have the secondary physical piece that is certifiable, this this makes it double. Double, if not more important, because the for me, it would originate with that digital file or mm-hmm. digital version, and then everything else becomes secondary. So I'm fascinated by this idea, and I will be working hard to find ways to elevate it and express find that perfect expression so yeah
0: yeah i think it's a wonderful direction to go and you mentioned the waves having their own like fingerprint is that like are there prints are there duplicates of individual waves i mean sort of like a source one how do you look at that
1: so each one's different you know each one each one is different they all start from like a black and white like I, the, the way I work on this stuff is it's more in my mind, a little bit more sculptural in the way I find forms and use contours and, and do all of this. But then, ha, you know, being able to take a black and white image and express it 20 different ways and 20 different colors and have each one feel completely different because like for at my store for a whole year, I only had one print design, it was like one or two and I just changed the color and people weren't like, oh, I like I like this one, but also like this, you know, it's like, <laughs> it was different enough that people could say, you, and, and this is, I think this was very interesting about Bones is like, it's fascinating to me how every single person has a different connection point, whether it's through color, whether it's through the animation, whether it's through like both of those things. And then you have all there factions of people who like the pineapples and then <laughs> factions of people like the cats, right? it's very fascinating to me, like where people kind of like draw their line in the sand. It's like this one's for me. And then there's 20 people next to them and they all drew a different line and picked a different thing. So, um, so yeah, so, so when I say fingerprint, I just mean, um, and I've done fingerprint pieces, but just mean like in its characteristics, the contours, are very similar to like when you zoom into a fingerprint mm-hmm. um and you know everybody's different and yeah. your identity is tied to how you perceive things so.
0: yeah and it, it definitely has me look at them differently now because I, I know the exact print even though it was blurred out like i've seen it right, right, so it's right. like it does have me looking at it um through a different lens and only because you mentioned the pineapple i'm gonna let you go in just a minute but oh, i fine. like i like your uh why pineapple
1: so the, the, the icon for hey TVM, like the, the, the core concept um, was a pineapple with an eyeball. And the concept was keep an eye on your paradise, which so, most, so many of us get lost. They get lost on that purpose and get lost on that personal mission of whatever it is. It's different for every person. Um, so the store was uh, an opportunity to remind people that, um, look, things get crazy, but you got to keep an eye on your paradise if you want this life to be yours and on purpose. So yeah. that's why, that's why, a po- and then pineapples are also, you know, it's very, you have a pineapple in your window, right? Everybody brought in their pineapple stories. Every single story was different. You know, really? one the, the big one was hospitality. That is symbolic of, of, of people being welcome. And then you have other people it's like, no, it's a symbol for swingers. And then if it's upside down, it's like I'm like, okay, that's It's not what my it's not what my pineapple means. It means keep an eye on your paradise. So that's why that's why and then I just think everybody likes pineapples. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it's like a coconut. It's like, oh cool. cool uh-huh. Pineapple. I love it because yeah.
0: it's like your own memento, Mori it's like and you do have skulls as well but like i just i as soon as i uh i think i heard you talk about it or saw it or whatever it was that that was the connection it was something that just stuck in my mind i love that i love that representation but
1: well, oh yeah believe it or not the skulls are stoic uh-huh as a reminder that you get one how are you burning right it's it, it's you know i found out real quick at the store that old ladies hate skulls they think they're satanic right <laughs> so they come in and be like oh my god, skulls and they'd leave i'm like really, you know, and it's, I think it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's always, you know, I think too many people and Marcus Aurelius said, you know, stop. He had a sign every day when he woke up that he read: says, stop acting like you got a thousand years to live. Stop. You don't. It's, like it's, it's already well over. Right. We all have the same destination. Nobody gets out alive. So you got to make the most of it. So, yeah. yeah,
0: it's so important. I literally have a print here that says live before you die. Like that's just like something that it's on. It's my phone, wallpaper, everything, because it is. It's so important to remember that we only have so many breaths. It's just different for everyone, but we got to make the most of it.
1: Make it purposeful. That's Mm -hmm. right. And nobody knows what your purpose is, but you. And I I do believe that we all have our individual reasons for being here. Um, I don't think most people find it.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) It's it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, it's strange because like these days you're more and more. You have more and more opportunities to do so if you do the work, mm-hmm. right? YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, kind of like rebooting. Like these are all opportunities, like find ways to make a living of whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Girl on YouTube makes slime, makes zillions of dollars. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what? Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You're just not really asking the right questions if you're not figuring it out, I don't think so. Um, not to not to chalk it up. Oh, it's easy. No, it's not.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's you need to be open to opportunity and recognizing and pursuing and in doing. Um, It's a cycle of like action is experience is opportunity is more action. It's just you just go around in this circle nonstop.
1: That's right. But Yeah.
0: So thank you so much. This is my pleasure. A phenomenal conversation. Uh, Where should we send people? to check out everything you're doing follow along <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so like i think um i'm at HTVM hey some places and like twitter and instagram i have not been you know i've been really bad about posting and, and keeping up on socials on the hate hey front i'm working to correct that not fungible bones is ulti- ultimately where at not fungible bone on twitter because we were one character <laughs> short <laughs> the two bones but um that's where you can go check that out on twitter and then uh monsterbuzz.io is is the monster buzz project um but yeah i'm pretty much i'm everywhere at hey tvm i'm just not i'm working on getting active again uh just so much there's so much you can do in a day right <laughs> uh so yeah that's yeah. that's where you can find me
0: I want to thank Trevor for joining me on this episode. You can find him at most places at at hey TVM. HeyTVM. <laughs> so Look at you. You can what spell. Is that? I can spell. I'm doing it. But <laughs> that was uh, so much fun. I enjoyed like, it. I, I like all the philosophical... Phil, I almost said philosophical discussion. There you go. That's how educated <laughs> I am. But yeah, I love all that, like talking yeah. about the I am and Cartesian theory. I don't know if I should look at you. Yeah, we moved the, you. The, the the mic over there. I think look sorry. at the uh, look at the camera over there. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love. I love philosophy. Yeah. Philosophically. Philosophically. And finding. Uh, yeah, just the importance in building the life that's like you're whittling your eyebrows. <laughs> but like whittling. W- God. <laughs> just all of it. I love conversations like this. I want to have more conversations
1: like for this. For sure. I- and
0: we were just talking earlier about how we need to have more conversations like this and sure as shit. It happened. See? <laughs> Manifesting. Uh-huh. There you go. But yeah, anyway, I think we should probably <laughs> wrap here before it's uh before we just go on for too long. So Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Jeff Sarris. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for sitting in. You're welcome. <laughs> and this is Amara Andrews. She is the producer extraordinaire, and you can find her at biomara.com. That's a B-Y, not B-U-I, B-Y-A-M-A-R-A.com. <laughs> um, but with that, I think we will wrap. Thank you for tuning in, hitting subscribe, and the thumbs up, and we will see you next time. Bye.